This is the water. And this is the well. Drink full. And as hell. The horse is the white of the eyes. And dark within. Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of A Damn Fine Podcast, the podcast that is celebrating Twin Peaks The Return. I am Ron Richards, and with me as always is Tom Merritt. Got a light? Got a light indeed. (laughs) And joining us, returning to the show, because we thought, hey, it'd be fun to talk about Dougie with Anthony Carboni. You know, I feel like I... I initially felt when this episode started that I might be dodging a bullet by there being no Dougie. And then I thought, no, no, <laughs> I actually I would have preferred some Dougie. Oh, man. Uh, this this before we I know we're going to get into actually discussing what this guys. But I think David Lynch heard us. He, he, in advance, this is this is David Lynch's brilliance. He knew he's like people are going to be complaining about Dougie. I'll show him. Well, not no, it's not even know. that, Tom. So so we're talking about Twin Peaks: The Return Part Eight, right? And we're just coming off of last week's Part Seven, where everyone was like, "That's Twin Peaks. Yes. Oh, that's what I've been waiting for. Oh yeah, it had Dougie, but not a lot. And oh, it was great. We had Hawk and the the pages <laughs> of the diary and everything. And Lynch was just like, "Oh yeah, you like that? Hmm. Let me remind you." What I'm really like. Let me whet your appetite for the next time I may allow that to happen. I have never been more convinced that Mark Frost just took the paycheck and shut up than I was this week. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Uh, Anthony, have you read The Secret History of Twin Peaks yet? I have. Okay, so Mark Frost, Mark Frost wrote that goddamn book, right? He yeah. is he is complicit in all of this, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like the book, though? And I don't want to get us too off track, but do you feel like the book though was like, I know it's coming and I have to to do something with it. I have to tie it back in what you love somehow. Maybe I can save us through the power of literature. So do you think Mark Frost is like the conscious is like, I'm going to wrangle David Lynch's craziness into this. (laughs) I think that's what he's always been. I think, you know, when I, and I think we discussed this last time I was on the show. Uh, I people always say that um, there wasn't enough David Lynch in Twin Peaks, and I always say that I think some of the weaker episodes were too much David Lynch. I think Mark mm-hmm. Frost is the guy that was like, okay, but this is how you make a TV show, dude. Right. And I, you know, and I just I just feel like this is very the return has been very David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I think the order of events for the the secret history and the writing of the return though is it's it's hard to fathom because. I almost feel like today's so-called episode was Oh, that was an episode. Was right. David Lynch saying, "Hey, there's a chapter titled this. Here's part 8. I'll I'll do something along those lines." Like it's not taken from the book. Uh, I I do uh, oh, this is glorious. I'm sorry. Like I know that everyone's reveling in it and to to set the set the stage for everyone, we are literally recording this 15 minutes after the episode ends. Oh yeah. And yeah, it, these are raw and, reactions. And folks. in the and in the time period between we connected to talk to one another, my Twitter and so did yours Tom's exploded <laughs> with many of you in the audience who were like, "Good luck, guys." <laughs> well, I I would like to give the episode summary, if yes. I may. Please, Tom, help uh, us. Blow by us. blow, <laughs> here are the important things for the plot that happened in part eight, Got a Light. Mr. C gets shot and then trash zombies revive him. Ray escapes after shooting him and calls Phil. And Bob is introduced to Earth via a vomiting post-nuclear human form. 
and and we and we see the giant kind of give birth I mean I guess to Laura? that's plot related yeah. Yeah. I I'm still not sure oh. where that ties in but and yeah let's let's not forget headlining at the roadhouse this week none other than 9 inch nails yeah. what the With fuck is going on here <laughs> the roadhouse book nine inch nails i it may be the only venue up there <laughs> well my wife who is not a, a big twin peaks fan but often will sit and watch while i'm watching when she sees nine inch nails she says two things one is like where did trent Reznor come from he wasn't there in the previous shot uh and then then she says how many people are in twin peaks <laughs> 52,000, right thousand fifty one. Secret yeah. shows, secret yeah. shows, you guys. No, those so are all hipsters from word, Seattle, right? Word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how you do it. Yeah. All the all the Microsoft and Amazon employees got word of mouth, you know, that Nine Inch Nails were doing a pop-up show in Twin Peaks and hit the road. <sighs> so I, I guess, I mean, we should start, uh, 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 oh God, we, I guess we should start with Mr. C, uh, Evil Cooper is, is, is Escape from Prison. And, uh, or as I call it, the 10 minutes of plot. In right, exactly. The 10 to 15 minutes of the actual show. And true to form, that section ended at the Roadhouse with the band playing. And then we got 40 minutes of Eraserhead again. Yeah, I, I feel band, like this. Sorry, I was going to say when the band played, we should have known it was the end of the episode. Like they, they <laughs> right. were clearly no, saying like, like, no, it's over. You can well, like walk away. Because well, like, we didn't away. get that at the end of part seven. So I feel like really that was the end of part seven. Yeah, they just, possibly. Split it in a different place. Well, what's so funny is that I happen to be uh, – I'm on the road uh, tonight, and I'm staying with friends, and they – while Nine Inch Nails, right as they started, they came in, and they're like, oh, we'll watch some of this with you. And we're watching Nine Inch Nails play, which, by the way, was a cool song, and like if I had closed captioning on, was listening to the lyrics, and the lyrics were kind of Laura Palmer reminiscent. You know, It's about mm-hmm. her being gone yeah. and all that sort of stuff, right? And so we're sitting there watching it, and they, one of my friends turns to me and is like, wow, they're letting the band play for a while for a TV show, huh? And I was like, yeah, that's what they do. And so then they sat, and then Nine Inch Nails wrapped up, and then it went into the – actually, one of my patented where I said out loud, what? When the, the title came on, 1945, New Mexico Desert, or <laughs> White Sands, New Mexico. I got excited. I'm like, oh, we're going to see Milford, yeah. right? This yeah, is going to yeah, be interesting. Yeah. And then we proceeded to get literally 10 minutes of a mushroom cloud exploding, and of which my friends turned to me and they're like, do you know what's going on? And I was like, no, I mean, I, I we don't. got a few minutes of a mushroom cloud exploding, and then we got 10 minutes of Guys, particles? I want you to know that I clocked it. Okay. I literally clocked it. And, <laughs> well done. And from White Sands... To uh, the Max Fleischer Superman cartoon observatory where the giant lives. <laughs> yep. Seven minutes, 38 seconds. Wow. Wow. That, okay. thing was, that thing was like, that was like one of those movies where you sit down at a museum of modern art next to your friend sure. and you start watching yeah. it and like <laughs> you're being very quiet. Because you think like your friend is super into it, so you're sitting, <laughs> and then like later when you're at like the coffee shop, your friend tells you, "Oh no, I was just sitting patiently because I thought you were into it." Yeah. <laughs> B- by the way, uh, "Threnody to the Victims of Hiroshima" yep. by Pendernecki was the music playing during those seven minutes, <sighs> uh, and and. There is a song playing in the observatory black and white thing called Slow 30s Room. Yep. Which I, that made that, I was like, oh, that's the Slow 30s Room. Okay, I've got a sure. name for that place. Yeah. Great. It's, 
<laughs> great. Okay, cool. Great. Well, great. I'm no, glad, great. great. I'm glad great. things have names. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening um, to the M5 podcast. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, no, I, I, I want, there was an important bit uh, in, in Mr. C being shot. Cause you know, like, okay, they're not going to kill uh, doppelganger Cooper. Right. Uh, and, and as the nest of trash zombies, either save him or eat him or turn him into art or whatever they were doing. I wrote in my notes at that point in the episode, I understand even less than usual what I just saw. Uh, but there was a small bubble there that I believe contained Bob's face yes. implying that Bob is contained inside doppelganger Cooper. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the, thank, the, thank God. But you know, hey, here's the thing: we knew that. <laughs> oh, it's nice to get confirmation, though. Well, we, here's what's up: we knew it. We knew it 25 years ago when Cooper looked in the mirror and Bob was there. Yeah. What is? What was this? Okay, I that part though. I've been waiting question. for. You can't do the Leland looks in the mirror and sees Bob, right? Because we don't have Bob anymore. Well, no, but so we, this was this was that. This was that for me. No, but we saw that we had that two or three episodes ago when Mr. C looked in the mirror and it digitally morphed into Bob's face. Yeah, right. Yep. Fair yeah. enough. Yep. We really we get it. Like that's the thing we get, right? Like we're there. I, that. Well, I think I th- <laughs> there I think, were another forty-eight minutes of this episode, Tom. <laughs> oh, hey, and Ray knows Philip. I was just gonna hey, say yeah. that. I was just gonna say that was the big revelation. Was that in in the the side of the road to go pee standoff between Ray and Mister C, where Ray gets the jump on Mister C. He then, after the trash zombies uh, smother Mister C in his own blood, uh, Ray runs off in fear and calls Philip. And while we don't know, it's presumably Philip Jeffries. Yeah, that's what I got too. I was like, that's what I got, yeah. yeah, which is crazy. So it, that- it's crazy, but it's not super crazy because we know that Bowie had signed on and was into doing this. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it's not crazy. What I what I love is the implication here that uh, that Ray Ray was afraid in the moment, but Ray was like, everything Ray said showed that Ray was not surprised. He was yeah. just afraid because yeah. Ray was like, oh, he's going to come back. He's going to come after me. Yep. Yeah. We Ray is aware Ray. of what Mr. C is in some fashion. I think if so is Ray. Are we thinking Ray is FBI? Or whatever, we, the, whatever the shadow FBI that Mr. C yeah. was using earlier in the beginning of like part one and part two. Mm. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Uh, yeah, that that because Ray, I just assumed was just a dumb thug, but it sounds like he's is he undercover? Is he like yeah? It's that's a lot. So that that was interesting. That whole that whole opening thing was interesting to me. We also got a little bit of like what I love are these moments and flashes we get of what David Lynch thinks user interfaces look like. Oh yeah, all tracking does not work that way. <laughs> Unless I'm unaware of something, you can't just do something on your phone, throw the phone out of the car, and eliminate trackers put on a car. Unless it's but really, also, really bad tracking. So that, to me, doesn't doesn't phase me, because we also know that Mr. C can call a phone number and do weird things to an entire sure. prison. Right. Yeah. It, uh, to me, the weird thing was just like, what was that menu he was looking at? <laughs> <laughs> One of the buttons was fire, right? And then like, <laughs> that's that's some test script stuff from somebody who hasn't finished learning Xcode. That's what that was. A running theme in this episode is just like the return of late '90s, early 2000 Winamp skins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's a lot of that going on. So after we see all this plot stuff, and I'm kind of like, all right, we're getting into this. Things are happening. Shadow hobos. They're dancing around. What are they about? Mm-hmm. Uh, we immediately go into the roadhouse and into Nine Inch Nails, and that's all we get. It was just like a 
it was just a return to that beautiful sweeping up the floor scene we had last week. <laughs> and I, Tom, I, Tom, I think you might be right that that was the end of part seven, but part seven didn't fit into an hour. Yeah. I really think that's what happened. And then this, it really does feel that way. And then the, the 40 minutes after Nine Inch Nails was this little art house, which honestly, all joking aside, it, I mean, two, I have two takeaways from this whole thing. Is One is that we, we mentioned it earlier when the show first started, when part one came on and we saw the giant and Cooper in a black and white room, you know, like talking. And, yes. and we, we compared that episode to being very Eraserhead. And yep. and we got that again here, and that's a reminder that David Lynch very much likes to exist in this world of strobe lights and flickering black and white and sketchy kind of art house films and all that sort of stuff. My um, literal first note, my literal first bullet point is: remember Eraserhead, yeah. guys. Yeah. Remember it. <laughs> remember, remember. <laughs> and then and then my my last point is that so so we see the very very long explosion, and then we see the the birth of Bob or whatever it is, and then we see the 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 30s room with the giant and the woman and the giant watches when the giant goes into the theater and and holds his hand up and the projector starts and shows us the explosion i literally said out loud oh they're gonna show it to us again yeah yeah (laughs) i was so worried i was so worried that we were gonna watch the whole thing again from the giant's point of view and we did watch like a good two minutes of it yeah there was a lot of it but but here's what i took away from condensed highlights so but okay here's my analysis of it and i'm gonna i'm putting i'm going out on a limb go for it the nuclear test explosion that happened in White Sands in 1945 broke a hole between here and wherever Bob is from and mm-hmm. let whatever whatever birthed Bob into Earth and birthed him, right? And the giant, wherever the fuck he is in his Ma- Max Fleischer Superman cartoon tower, saw this happen, and his response was to float up in the ground and vomit the gold kind of sparkly dust and make whatever that orb is with Laura's picture and release that into the world. Right. Yep. So, what, so what we saw was the moment that this all started, where yeah. the, 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 the break in our, our dimensional plane broke into wherever the lodges are. And we saw Bob arrive to earth. And then we saw whatever the anti Bob is get, get deployed into the, into the world by the giant. Yeah. No, right? the trash zombies came to the convenience store, which was part of the explosion, and Bob came into Earth, and uh, and and then yeah, the giant. I th- I thought maybe this is the st- story of the unleashing of Bob, and Laura is a trap set to attract him, Possibly. and that's why the giant sends the golden ball with Laura's face in it. Is like this will attract the evil, and she will be able to put an end to Bob. Sure, but then in, Bob in, finds in, an escape from that trap by infecting Cooper. Or, or I was gonna say, like, yeah, we're gonna set this trap in fifty years. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, time <laughs> means different things to to the slow thirties room. Right. Uh, yeah, because it's slow thirties. That's what it is. Um, but so, can I tell uh, you, yeah. I oof. <laughs> like I yeah I got I got basically the same read out of it that you guys did but um I got to say man like just stare as the alarm was going off and then the giant walks in and stares directly at us for 2 minutes as the alarm is going off and then he just pushes a button and the alarm's done I was like what are we doing here oh, it's, 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 what are we that? doing here and, are you going to get that that's <laughs> what I kept yelling at my television and all I could think was Remember when David Lynch nearly walked away because they didn't want to give him 18 episodes? <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? 
And, and I was just thinking about, I was thinking about this seven minute, 38 second. I mean, it was really like Stan Brackage guest directing Twin Peaks, just like lots of, uh, lots of just slow, like art house movies and then slow scenes and just, and then the sweeping of the floor last week. And I was like, man, I can't believe he, I can't believe he was just like, I'm going to walk if you don't give me 18 episodes to do this in. Well, I mean, I, I, I call me crazy, but like, I'm, I'm glad I, 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 I'm reveling in it. I'm enjoying it. Like as weird as this was, I You're love crazy. I love the fact that it was literally the, the, the snapback swing of the pendulum reaction to last week. I got a theory. E- e- it's not. I think it's not so much that part seven couldn't fit into last week. I think it was that David Lynch wanted part eight to be entirely everything after Nine Inch Nails, and they were like, "You cannot release this as a standalone episode." Well, oh, maybe. And then maybe he he decides to put in the sweeping bit to say, "Fine, you want a fifty minute episode? Here you go. Yeah, here's two minutes of sweeping. <laughs> it out." But I guess that there is a connection though between when when Ray shoots Mr. C and the trash zombies come out and do all this sort of stuff and the little blob, oh, sure, blob yeah. you know, like that ties into what later on. And my, my last thought is, is that after the whole birth of Bob and then the deployment of Laura, um, then we go back to the 19, what, ten, what like 10 years later, 1956 56, in yeah. New Mexico, where some trash zombies descend on this sleepy town. And and that's where we get the the titular got a light guy who's just you know asking around. And that whole sequence was to me horrifying and a reminder that this particular Twin Peaks: The Return I think is a piece of horror. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, this 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 was a parody of a '50s horror movie, right? It's in black yep. and white. It has the two kids with their awkward conversation walking towards the danger, uh, and and it's you know it's got the the two the uh, mundane Midwestern couple in their, their nice family car getting stopped by the scary hobo, uh, you know, who wants just wants a light, but he's, he's got danger in his eyes. And then of course it, it goes off the rails when you go to a radio station that didn't lock its door for some reason. And the hobo starts crushing people's skulls and reading mystical messages. My favorite is the hobo, co- you know, comes into the, when the radio station's open for business, I get that the door would be open. That's fine. But no, um, no, you do. <laughs> Do not leave doors unlocked. I've worked in radio stations, and maybe it was different in the 50s than the 80s, yeah. but you did not leave doors unlocked. You know, everybody doesn't walk into soundproof rooms and put yeah. headphones on and then leave the doors right. open well, to the business. Maybe into the reception room, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't but know. anyway, but I was more startled by the trash zombie looking for a, a light to his cigarette, knew how to turn the mic on. <laughs> Like, did he go? Did he have some radio that, training? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, a- <laughs> he he literally reached into disc jockey's brain yeah. before yeah, right. he did it, yeah. and, and I was just like, "Yeah, maybe that's what's going on." Is he literally reached into disc jockey's brain and started oh. talking and was uh, and was doing his thing about the well, about drink from the well. This is the water, and this is the well. Drink uh, full yeah. and descend. The horse is the white of the eyes and dark within. And- Over. And, and over and it puts people to sleep. The repetition, oh, of course, it put people to sleep because they just watched the last forty minutes. Um, the re- <laughs> the repetition of this is the water, this is the well, like it, like it, it, with the with the vocal distortion, like it for me, it was really chilling. And like and, but and the minute that winged thing walked 
cracked out of that egg, I'm like, it's going in somebody's mouth. Well, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not disappointing. Exactly. And so, yeah. And that I, frog bug. And I was sad that it was the little girl. Like, the little girl, like, falls asleep in her bed, and the and the frog bug climbs into her window and climbs in her mouth. So the question then is, is so this little frog bug gets, you know, birthed out of an egg and crawls into her mouth. Is that Bob? Oh, no. I No. So no. Then, so then what is that? So then what is it? I Maybe. thought Bob was the hobo. Actually. Yeah, I think Bob is inside of all of the hobos. Because the, the like, hobo because- descends, and then the trash zombies start following hobo around. Right. Yeah, and then when we, and then when Cooper or or Mister C gets shot, it's it's trash zombies and hobos yeah. that come out of nowhere to pull Bob out of the dying Cooper. Right. So, or, or put him back in, or yeah, make him pick him up, up or, or whatever, whatever it is, whatever they have to do, where they paint him with blood. So the I think trash any trash zombie zombies and. Yeah, I think any trash zombies and hobos are agents of Bob. And I think whatever that frog bug is, is probably an agent of the giant. Yeah. Okay. And maybe carries the golden Laura sphere somehow within it. How, how do we know? I don't know. Yeah, there's no way for us to know. <laughs> yeah, it's cool that we're trying to make sense of this because, like, literally next week it won't matter. Exactly. Well, <laughs> well honestly, that's the thing. No, I think some of this will pay off. I think some of sure. it will matter. And, and what... I, what I respect about this episode is that David Lynch didn't do this randomly, right? The temptation is to say, what a bunch of junk. He doesn't know what he's doing and he's filling time. And oh, no, that no. is not true. David Lynch chose every no. second of of this episode. On no, purpose. I don't think David Lynch ever fills time. I don't think that's what he does. There's definitely, he has a plan. There is a reason all this stuff is in there. Um, but remember that David Lynch doesn't necessarily believe that his plans need to be based on logic or plot. David Absolutely. Lynch, they right. are, they can be based on theme and feeling and building and just, tension. Yeah. And just paying off that way. Yeah. Um, my problem, my problem with the return as a whole has been the idea, what David Lynch considers the idea of building tension now versus, that can come off like filling time to everybody else because it's not, I don't think he's building the tension that he thinks he's building half the time anymore. I, there, I, mean, I said it. I, I said it. I know what you mean. I, I would maybe phrase it slightly differently that maybe the tension, maybe people aren't patient enough to wait around for the tension to be built that he wants to build in them. Well, yeah. and I think that's a thing. I think this is very much, a pointed uh, philosophical thing where David, because remember David Lynch had that famous viral rant a couple of years ago, which is like, why are people watching movies on phones? Why are people watching yeah. videos that are three minutes long? This isn't how you do. So I think this, a lot of this is him going, I'm going to force you to sit down and take all this in yep. and you're going to deal with it. And you're going to feel the way it feels to take this stuff in. But I think in doing it, he's actually making scenes about, 30% longer than he would have before he was trying to make that point. Maybe, yeah. I don't I don't know though because I feel like in there have been moments I mean if you watch all of David Lynch's stuff that is a a, a tool he uses throughout his entire filmography. Right? Yeah. It, it, to know, an extent. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I don't know if he's just like saying all right I'm going to turn it up or not or rather this is what it calls for now this is what I'm doing now and I I think that uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's as Machiavellian as Machiavellian as we as as you're saying. I think it just you know he's a little older, he's a little slower. I think that's what's being reflected in it. Yeah, and I think if you know Mark Frost, if you're out there and you're in trouble, blink twice, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, this is the water. <laughs> this, this is, is the, the well. 
Well, so it's like, yeah, I know about the water in the well, guys. I heard about the water in the well. <laughs> I drank full and descended. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, guys. Well, so so I want. I mean, I I, I kind of want to wrap this up and talk to Anthony about the series up to this point because I know you have thoughts. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but I do I do think that this is this is an important episode aside from the things that we discussed because it again we're talking about how secret history of twin peaks is so is such an important read and whether or not that's meant to make sense of what's going on now or vice versa but this you know i've been wondering when are we going to get to the alien stuff right and how and how much are they going to make it explicit because that was already i mean that was always a theme sort of subtly in the background of the original series Mm -hmm. but they never i mean other than other than uh garland you don't really hear much about the military government alien sort of side of the thing in the original series and well and and they also kind of backtrack on themselves and say oh uh the the alien broadcast from from above wait it wasn't from above it was from right here in twin peaks in the woods you know they it was you could tell they weren't quite sure what they wanted to do with that alien stuff yet yeah and so i think now you know after the original series and then after secret history they're like oh it can be both yeah. Like, why can't it be both? Why can't it be the mystical stuff and the alien stuff? Why can't we intertwine that and make it work? Right. And it's like, well, you can. And, and it would, well, no, but it also would, it also would make sense that whatever is going on in the interdimensional break and the invasion of Bob and the tr- the trash men or whatever happening in New Mexico because of the blast. And then in the fifties being related to the Roswell bullshit and the aliens and stuff yeah. like that. Like how else can people of the fifties understand what's happening you know yeah and that's why i kind of i do kind of like it ending on a on a quote-unquote zombie movie can i tell you what i wrote down what i first thought and and i kind of as i was watching the episode i got i kind of got talked i talked myself out of it but i may have you may you guys may have just talked me back into it trash hobos dugpas yes or no oh uh, wow here are, are a series of people Black, like dark black potential wizards that do evil for the sake of evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dugpas could be Dugpas. Yeah. I mean, Just saying. Very I'd d- love for that okay. to tie together. Yeah. Yeah. They're very Dugpa like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's created from the blast, created from Bob, yep, yep, right? Yep. Yeah. Doing doing what Bob kind of wants to do, whether they whether they consciously follow Bob or not, we don't know yet, but. Could be Dugpas, just saying. Yeah, I, I, okay, I think. Do these notes? Do, uh, do these dates? July sixteenth, nineteen forty-five, for the explosion. Right. August fifth, nineteen fifty-six. Do those? Do those? Uh, do, first of all, do those actually do, do, matter? The, the, the because two, the two, I think the, time yeah. doesn't matter with the with the alien. And where do they fit in with this, with the, the secret history, which we, as we know, is not definitive. Like they can change things from that. Wait, what uh, was the, what was the, fir- what was the first date? It was July. What was it? It was July 16th 1945. of 1945. Okay. So two things. One, July 16th, 1945 is indeed the, the date of the first test of the atomic bomb. Okay, yeah. so that happened at 529, so that is accurate. That is the Manhattan Project Trinity test. And then also, by the way, is this the explosion that is on the wall in Gordon Cole's office? Oh, yes. probably. I, w- I would, you know, we should double check that. Yeah. Uh, so, so July 16th does have that. Sunday, August 5th, 1956 is a, sun- a Sunday, and 
there's nothing else, as I know, I'm looking up online that happened. Also, not that White Sands, but 1956 New Mexico Desert. Yeah, it doesn't say exactly where it is. but um, They show the years flipping through on that same sand scene, but it gets titled not as White Sands. So now I don't have the secret history of Twin Peaks at my ready. It is back in New York. I need to go get it. So I will look, I'm going to need to look that up, but I'm sure people listening will write in and tell us if August 5th, 1956 is uh, related to anything in the book. I, my guess is it has to be because everything has a meaning. Right? Yeah, I was looking yeah. for... Uh... Oh, and we should define Doug Puff for people yeah, who do not do. understand. Uh, it's an entity that sacrificed its former human qualities. Um, and in uh, and in the original series, um, Wyndham Earl was was like obsessed with them. Yeah, yeah. And gave like a and gave like a whole thing about the Dugpas in a weird like video art thing. Actually, on the episode that I was last on. Yes. Oh, it, oh. wow! Look at that oh. continuity. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. I gotta say, in that last episode, I was on when you guys did uh, Road to the Black Lodge. Yep. Which mm -hmm. is season season two, episode twenty one, I think, and. Um, I, I remember us talking about how it was such a quintessential, like, every moment was a very Twin Peaks moment. Yep. And I thought about that as I was watching this episode uh, to come <laughs> on the show today, and I was like, nope, nope, can't say that. Okay. <laughs> totally different now. Okay, yeah. so so while I did not find – okay, so I don't – again, I don't have the book at hand, but I did find on a website called timetoast.com, they laid out the timeline of the secret history of Twin Peaks, every point yes. that a date is mentioned. And the only thing that is mentioned in 1956 is September 2nd, 1956 is the day Josie Packard was born. Oh! So that's, that's a month later after this. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that, uh, yeah but – um, so it doesn't look like there's anything in the book hmm. related to this date. And we this wasn't any of the time. The, this wasn't any of the, uh, of the of the test pilot strange strange craft stuff that was going on. No, that all happened really between 1950, 1947 to 1950, I think. Okay. Yeah. And we don't know of any woman moving from New Mexico to Twin Peaks from the 50s onward. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, the radio station named KPJK. <laughs> fair enough oh man it's right there it's written right in front of you just saying yeah so this was an episode sure <laughs> by all definitions of a television episode this was certainly one I, I I would hasten to point out that title-wise, or not title, but description, I guess they are, technically. Uh, this is the first one that really was essential to the story. Yes, got a light. <laughs> got a light, right? Oh. It was it was an important thing being said uh, versus well, don't next die, week's. Don't die. <laughs> don't, don't die. Don't die was one of them, too, because that's that's when our man literally told him don't die. Yeah, yeah. They've all, they've all tied in some way, but this was sure. very no, literal. All, they're all spoken, but... But gotta like got spoken a lot more. That's yeah. true. Jeez, that's oh. true. All right. Well, so I'm sure we're going to be analyzing this and tearing it apart. And everyone on you know the internet and those of you in the damn fine podcast Slack channel are going to be analyzing it all week. And if we will be there too. But uh, before we move on, I do, Anthony. I do want to hear from you what you think of Twin Peaks up until tonight. Oh, that is. Guys. <laughs> oh, guys. I got a question for you. Mm hmm. Is Twin Peaks bad now? Is no. Twin Peaks bad? I don't think it's bad yet. I don't, I don't think okay. it's bad. I'm not Here's willing. what's going on in my head now. So the first three, the first four episodes, I was actually super, super into. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe even up to five. When when Dougie was first introduced, I actually liked it. Mm-hmm. I actually liked it as this kind of like this kind of like middle finger, like, oh, I know what you want. Like, I know what you want to happen. You want Coop to come right out of that cigarette lighter into that car and be totally fine and drive to Twin Peaks. Here's what you're not going to get. Right. right. And so I kind of like the idea of Dougie Jones as this sort of because once again, I think, you know, everything David Lynch does is such a personal expression of what he believes. And he's such like a Zen transcendental meditation kind of like Buddhism guy where he's like, hey, just so you know, you're not going to get what you want right now. Right. I'm going to give you this other thing. And this other thing is going to keep reminding you of this thing that you want. <laughs> um, and you can, you can choose whether, whether suffering is optional or, or mandatory. Right. And so I, and I kind of liked it as a storytelling device and things like that. Um, but then it just like everything else, I think the pacing just went on for so long. Was it that episode? Was it, Oh, was it part five or six? The really long Dougie episode part, that, that broke Tom, that broke yeah. Tom. Yeah. Oh, it broke me too. And I think I was, I think that was the episode I was originally supposed to be on, right? Yes, it was. I, yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause I had, I had E3, so we had to reschedule, but I remember actually texting you guys and being like, I swear to God, if this, if this is the Dougie Jones show again this week, I'm going to flip out. I think I, I literally texted you guys that, uh, and then it was the Dougie Jones show from like start to finish. Yeah. Yep. Um, I had, you know, there, there are some things that I've just felt kind of like oddly about throughout the whole show i i feel like you know <laughs> do, do here's a question anthony do you think it's do you think that the the time we're spending outside of twin peaks is hurting or helping the show i think initially it, it was helping a bit uh i actually kind of liked it i i dug the uh i dug the pilot episode thing in the secret lab with the uh with the girl who with the barista who brings the coffee right um, i kind of like that i kind of like this idea of like this is a dangerous dimension that we're dealing with and we've always been studying it outside of twin peaks it's okay that we're showing it a little bit now the issue is not that the stuff outside of twin peaks is damaging it it's that the stuff that's happening inside of twin peaks doesn't feel incredibly twin peaks to me most of the time or important. Yeah, it feels like Twin Peaks is an afterthought to this show. And last week, I finally didn't feel that. Part seven was the first time I felt like what was happening in Twin Peaks was actually beginning to connect with the rest of the story. And that has been my theory, is that you know these, these disparate threads are going to start to merge slowly as we move towards part 18. Mm-hmm. This week was a huge departure from that where we, 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 this was like an early part where we said, let's just set up entirely new things and let's set them up in the most experimental and confusing way possible and give you the only the slightest bit of progress on the actual story. I think the reason I'm so quick to say it's not bad is nothing that happened in this episode made me roll my eyes and say that's stupid. It just made me impatient and it made me frustrated. And maybe that's good. And that all depends on part nine. I I can't really tell you how I feel about part eight until I see part nine. This is a thought that has been in my head at the end of most episodes, though, which is why I'm starting to wonder. Um, After, you know, right around episode four or five, I started going like, okay, this is starting to like frustrate me a little. This is actually starting to to bug me a little bit. And I wonder if, you know, next episode I'm going to feel like there's enough progress or enough interesting stuff or enough things that I can latch on to 
that I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like we're missing a lot of the, a lot of like sort of the weird emotional, like the weird, sweet emotional core of Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Now, uh, did you feel better about it after part seven? A little. Because okay. here's what's up. Do you want to know what my favorite moment in the entire show has been so far? Of course, please. <laughs> Wally Brando. Yeah. Oh, yep. <laughs> I love Wally Brando. Wally Brando felt so Twin Peaks to me. Because here's here's Andy and Lucy, and they're cradling their little boy in their arms, and he's a rebel, but he's a rebel in this weird Twin Peaks, I'm not really a rebel way. Yeah. And then you've got Sheriff Truman, who is the real Sheriff Truman as far as I'm concerned, because he's running an actual real sheriff's department like on the other side of the building from harry's sheriff's department which i really like uh, it's full of real cops who look at everything that hawk and andy do and go like are you guys gonna fucking like solve a crime or like write a ticket or we have a dispatcher and everything like what is going on so the idea of sheriff truman having to sit and just like watch his brother's version of twin peaks play out in front of him yeah. And the look on his face while Wally is talking where he's just like, I'm just going to be nice. I'm going to be polite and I'm going to be nice. And like, maybe he'll shut up. And it's just like, okay, Wally, yep. good, good luck to you, buddy. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, but there's, there have been so few, there have been so few moments like that. Like I almost love Mr. Jackpots, but Mr. Jackpots went on for a real long time too. See, and that's yeah. the thing is that I love that though. Mr. Jackpots was fan. Mr. Jackpots, Wally Brando, and sweeping the floor of the Roadhouse have been my you favorite love the things. Mibbler. I, I you love, love the Mibbler. Yeah, as we call it, the Del Mibbler, the Mibbler. You know, where <laughs> it's it's taking a the whole point of that scene at the Roadhouse was that uh, New Jacques. Uh, to get a phone call, right? That was all it was, and yet we get two minutes of sweeping with music, and like that was Twin Peaks to me. Like that is, oh, that was. You must great. have loved when the giant mibblered his way upstairs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of. It was kind of Twin Peaks. Yeah. You know, thinking back to the last time I was on, we were talking about that long, slow shot of just a coffee pot dripping, right? Mm, yeah. Right. That's Twin Peaks because it set up what was happening before. It was a, it was a foreshadowing thing. There was an emotional weight to it, and I think that. That's that's the sort of thing that we haven't been getting with this show a lot is we, we get the sweeping of the floor, but we're not anxious about the sweeping of the floor. We don't know why we're at the roadhouse. We don't know what we expect to happen at the roadhouse that would make us be on edge or be weirded out by the sweeping of the floor, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, no, well, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that because the sweeping of the floor, the entire time you're doing is you're scanning the, 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 the shot for what you're supposed to notice. And you're supposed to notice that it's, it's a new Jean Renault, new Jacques Renault. Right. Well, but I saw that before. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We saw him in the background of part one or two. Yeah. Well, he also but, talks as well. Like yeah. before, before that episode, like we've seen him, we've seen him a few times. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think that was the point of that shot. Like I don't know if the point of that shot was was anything other than here we are at the roadhouse and this is what happens at the roadhouse when things aren't happening at the roadhouse. When when, when Nine Inch Nails isn't playing. Yeah. yeah. David Lynch also likes that idea of like uh, play, spaces exist and people exist whether they are serving the plot or not. Yeah. So mm -hmm. he, I think he just wants to show you like sometimes the roadhouse is just like the roadhouse and nothing's going on and I'm like cool I get it the roadhouse is. I have object permanence, David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, next week is part nine, which is yeah. midway. Yeah. Uh, I think that this has had a lot more Lynch than I expected. Mm -hmm. And I like the frosty, you know, for lack of a better word, parts of Twin Peaks a little bit better. So I miss them. I think, though, 
we as we get into parts 10, 11, I'm going to need to see convergence of story. Yes. This cannot continue to just be an experimental film. If it stay if it stays the way it is now, all the way to part 18, I will be disappointed. Well, what's, That's funny, my what's, thing is, what's funny is that I feel like, Tom, this is like the third or fourth time you said that on the show. Yeah, I may have said no, that but before. I, I understand your feeling, though, because I think for me, the biggest anxiousness that's happening with me is there is a uh, right around episode six. There is a there is a clock that started going off in my head where I said we are 33 percent of the yep. way done with this thing. Yep. We are a third of the way through. Act one is officially done. We have sunsetted that. We are now in the point where we are officially in the middle of the story. And now we are uh, we are at part nine, which is officially the the absolute center point of this thing. And I'm just there's this little clock in my head that's going there's there's only so much time. There are only so many episodes. You, you can only sweep the floor for so long, dude, before something well, that, has that to pay off in some way. That goes back to the theory that I think I, I got to give credit to Connor Kilpatrick, you know, a, you know recurrent guest on the show um, who either said to me or said into the in the damn fine slack uh, that, you know, this is called Twin Peaks, the return. And it's most likely just it's the return of Cooper. Yes. And 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 we're not going to, you know, like if we're expecting another murder and like a redo of all that, that's not it's not happening. It's not. It, I mean, we period. have our murder. It's not happening. And I, and I think what this is going to do is this is going to explain all the stuff that we didn't understand from Firewalk with me and the original series. And yeah. you know, that's why we're getting the origin of Bob, all this stuff, the secret history stuff and where we will be in nine more parts at the end of 18, I couldn't tell you, but I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that we got Laura's ripped out pages from her diary last week. Yeah. And so yeah. of course this week we're going to, we're going to swing in the opposite direction. It was the same thing with Diane. Here's well, the, here's the way, Diane. We got more answered than maybe I'm comfortable with in saying, here's how Bob was born. Yes. Remaining a mystery to be honest. Yeah. And that's and, what I was just about to say is like, there's this thing, there's a trap that a lot of the, a lot of reboots, rehashes, remakes, whatever's fall into or sequels. Where it's like, oh, well, the best thing that we could do is like spend a lot of time on the origin and like filling in these things. And it's like, I just didn't expect Frost and Lynch to fall into that. Well, yeah, that, this is this this goes back to to uh, make a reference to comic books, which I know very well. The moment Wolverine lost uh, a bit of his coolness was when they told his origin in the early oh, two thousand. Yeah, the weird the weird like plantation thing. Yep, and exactly. you're just like, I don't need to hear that. I well, know what, what happened. To what Wolverine. made what made Wolverine a great character is that you didn't know how old he was, you didn't know where he came from, you didn't know what was real, what was what was myth, what was legend, and he existed in that gray area, and he excelled because of that and yeah and that's where twin peaks has excelled and and i you know do i want to know that a, a the atomic bomb caused a rift in dimensional planes to birth bob no i think i just want to know that bob is an evil spirit and that that they're here to defeat the, defeat him do you yeah. want to know that the trash zombie of Mulholland Drive definitely was created in 1946? <laughs> the theater in Mulholland Drive is probably from the slow 30s room is it do you is it <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, 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 hmm, hmm, is all I have to say. To what? Here's, here's the thing for you guys. Here's a question that I have had with a bunch of my friends. Here's a betting pool that we can all take. All right. What episode do we see Agent Cooper? Oh, 18. Yeah, probably 18. I, I'm hoping, I was hoping for 12. 
if 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 it's twelve, I'm gonna be like, okay, thank God. Now we get six episodes with Cooper. We get a we get a third of this story with Cooper. But now I'm thinking it's sixteen. Yeah. I, I think Agent I, Cooper is Agent Cooper. It's sixteen. To be happy, I need to see a flash. And I guess we've seen a flash. I need to see a more substantial flash of Cooper. Like maybe Cooper surfaces briefly. Soon. Well, that was last week with with. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I need to see Cooper speak and know he's yeah. Cooper. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he could he could not be fully present yet, right? Uh, and then and then yeah, sixteen kind of. I don't know. That was what came to my mind too. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe sixteen make might make, make more sense, and then we get a couple of, a couple of parts of him back, and then making sense of it. I and mean, then, what would be really satisfying is to see Agent Cooper on the hunt of Doppelganger Cooper. Yes. Yeah, I think that's what we all want, and I think that's yep. what we thought it was going to be from from go. Right. I don't know if it's heading there anymore. Yeah. Oh man, well, I don't know either. Well, so I'm sure many of you you might have questions or answers, and in fact, many of you email us. Let's take a moment to go to the Roadhouse and uh, hear from the audience. You can email. We're us just going to sweep up your emails. Exactly. For the next five minutes. Um, we're Woo! gonna. <laughs> you can email us at feedback at damnfinepodcast.com. And we got an email from John G who wrote in with one of the great things, especially in an episode like last week, is that there's so much to absorb and things to notice and observations. And this one really got me what John wrote in. Um, if you remember Dougie's boss, Bushnell Mullins, uh, right? Uh, he says the poster uh, on Bush- Bushnell Mullins's office wall adver- yeah. advertises a boxing fight on Tuesday, June 18th. June 18th was a Tuesday in 1963, which looks about the right time for the photo. And on that night, Cassius Clay prevailed over, wait for it, Henry Cooper after being knocked down in the fourth round. And interestingly enough, Cassius Clay's previous fight was a victory over Doug Jones. Huh. And the episode aired on June 18th. Yes. Cute. (laughs) I mean... That's just fun. I don't think it's particularly meaningful other than like, yes, Cooper is in a fight, yep. you know, to overcome being Dougie. Uh, but I you like know, it. That's, that's something they put in because they knew that we're pouring over every detail. Exactly. No, that's exactly. a good little Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like it a lot. Yeah. Thank so, you, John. Yeah. So if you have any questions or observations, you can email us at feedback at damnfinepodcast.com. Um, and of course, as I mentioned previously, we've got an awesome Slack uh, where uh, diehard Damn Fine Podcast members are chatting every week, talking about it. And you can get in on the Slack by going to patreon.com slash damnfinepodcast. And if you sign up at the rate of $5 or higher, you get an invite to the Slack. And it's awesome. There's so many great theories. Anthony, I'm going to send you an invite. We want to get you in there. Um, yeah, I'd love so to. you can see some of the chaos that's going on in there. Um, but yeah, so if you can't are- wait, Can't wait to talk with other Dougie heads about, my, about Dougie. <laughs> I think we need a Dougie channel. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so definitely go to patreon.com slash damnfinepodcast. We thank everybody for their support. You guys are awesome. Um, and, of course, you can comment on this episode at damnfinepodcast.com or, like I said, email us at feedback at damnfinepodcast.com. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry there wasn't more Dougie for us to talk about tonight. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for people who are new to the world of Anthony Carboni, where can they find you on the Internet? Uh, every Monday, I host the Star Wars show for Lucasfilm. You can find that youtube.com slash Star Wars. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I host We Have Concerns, which is a uh, a science and philosophy podcast, sort of, with Jeff Kanata. And then uh, my personal YouTube is youtube.com slash Acarboni. Excellent. Uh, and thank you for joining us. It's always great to have you. I'm sure we're going to have you on again before the end of the show because we want to hear what you think. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 would, I would love to come back. It's... 
it's it's easier to suffer with friends. Yeah, Tom, Tom we might need to do a big like uh, group show again at the end of the the part. The yeah, return no, I think of, that's yeah, absolutely that yes, be be necessary. Definitely. Yeah. So excellent. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at damn fine damn fine cast, and and you can also go to Facebook at facebook.com slash damn fine podcast damn fine podcast. Keep up on up to the minute of everything going on at damn fine podcast. And of course, we haven't mentioned this really in the life of this podcast, but if you have a moment, please go to iTunes, leave a rating and a review for us. It helps people discover the show. Uh, I I personally uh, I've been a little not obsessed but very interested in how we're doing in comparison. What Ron's trying to say is if you leave us more reviews, it boosts us in the rankings. And Ron really wants to beat the other Twin Peaks. Podcast. It's not that I want to beat the other Twin Peaks podcast, but I'm really delighted to the fact I'm, I'm really delighted at the fact that it's like Entertainment Weekly and us. Right, yeah. like there's, there's there's a balance between that. I like the the independent podcast do, doing it well. Wants so. Entertainment Weekly to go down, so please go <laughs> review us on iTunes. You don't even have to write anything; just leave five stars. Just, just leave us leave a rating. That'd be great. So, excellent. Well, thank you for listening to the Dan Fine Podcast. Tune in next week for part nine. This is the chair, uh, which it won't be next week. It'll be July 9th. Because oh, they're taking a break weeks. for the July 4th weekend. Oh, yeah, they're man. giving us two weeks to absorb this episode. <laughs> Think about that. I didn't even realize that. Now we're going we're gonna to rewatch this seven, seven times to kind of <laughs> figure it out. Oh, man. All right. Well, until then, two weeks from now, thank you, Anthony, for joining us. Until then, I'm Ron. I'm Tom. 